0: Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall.
1: Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. And the topic is Becoming a Business First CDO, which is Chief Data Officers. So we know that a business-first or business-focused chief data officer must definitely have a good handle and understanding about the business goals, the processes, the challenges, and whatever they do with their role with the data strategy and how they handle data, it all should align with what the business wants, what the business strategy should be. They should absolutely work on building a data-driven culture where the fundamental data is data is the currency, data is the DNA, where all the values uh, that we have with respect to what data can deliver is what we will focus on. Then create some good partnerships with different teams that you might have in an organization. It could be finance, IT, marketing, operations, you name it. And also at the same time, make sure that anything that's happening in the industry, the trends, et cetera, where data is being utilized by others, they are always a student. So it's it's not an ask which is unheard of, but then we also hear a lot of CDOs having challenges with it. So the topic today was picked up. To discuss what are the top challenges the data leaders face, which is actually preventing them from earning the stripe and truly mastering the recipe of a business for CDO. So to discuss this, we have Pawan Varma, who is the Chief Data Officer with the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. Hey, Pawan, how are you? Good. How are you, Sanjay? Very good, sir. Life is good. And uh, we also have Shaidul Manan, who is the Chief Data Officer with Bond Sikorsky Mercy Health. Hey, Shahidul, how's life, sir? Good, good. Hi, Sanjay. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for joining. So, you know, let's jump in. So, Pavan, starting with you. If you were to think about the data strategy, which is what you would build. How would you make sure that it stays aligned with the business strategy, especially when the business strategy it could be changing or maybe volatile in terms of the environment that we have today, there today? Because you can't change your data strategy
2: because business shifted. How do you handle this? So, Sanjo, before I answer this question, right? can, can we step back a little bit? Let's look at the topic, the name of the topic itself. And I have a small story to share. Can I I go with that? that Absolutely. Um, So uh,
1: uh,
2: five or seven years back, the CDO title did not exist. And there was a need for the senior most data person in a bank or any organization to have a seat on that elite table of C-suite executives. So obviously, the, the title became CDO. Now, now or before even, there was never um, a, a discussion or a topic about, say, a business focused CFO or a business focused CRO, right? But why, when it came to CDO, we have this challenge, as you mentioned, Sanjok, that business focused CDO, right? So let's talk about that first before we get into this thing that why why a cdo has to business focus because if you are a c-suite which means you are looking after the entire organization your focus should not be data your focus should be business be it banking or anything for that matter so so uh, many people um, may have heard this story from me in various forums that i speak to but let me share the story and let's see um it's a little bit of epiphany than the story so let me start Um, I think it was August of last year, uh, still during the COVID season. I was attending this conference. Um, I think I was in New Orleans. Um, I was midday after finishing a session. I went back to my room. I had a glorious room with a Mississippi River uh, view. And I'm sitting there, I'm doing stuff, and I just happened to come out of a very difficult meeting with a stakeholder. And I look in the river, and there's a tugboat. Um, I'm sure everybody knows what a tugboat is. Um, tugboat is pushing this really big ship up the river and look at this tugboat and coming out of that meeting, my state of mind is like, you know what? That's exactly my life, man. I am pushing entire business here up the river and how difficult my job is. And I'm basically feeling, um, having sympathy for myself and my job. And as you want, okay, that's life. You got to do what you got to do and go back to my work. Uh, fifteen minutes later, uh, same scene. I look up the river again, and this time I'm seeing something different, and that is moment of aha for me. No, that's what it should be. I see this tugboat, um, actually docking the ship on the dock now. Same, maybe the same ship or, but the same size of the ship, and I see this tugboat maneuvering the ship and landing in the dock area wherever that is, and I, I, it, it dawned upon me that I think our job as CDOs it's not to push a big ship up the river, which may or may not be the business focus for everyone. I think business knows what it needs to do. We just need to maneuver them properly so that they land in the right place at the right time. I think that's what the job of CDO should be, just like any other C-suite officer. So I know it's a long story, but um, just a very interesting story for me to see how we should see ourselves as the CDOs.
1: No, no, absolutely. So, so that said, so though I'm sure you can relate to the analogy that Pavan shared. Now, with that said, if you are trying to be that tugboat, right, then you have to have permission from the business to do so which again comes down to as you're coming in, you do not have that authority to be able to steer it through the docks. There's a lot more that has to happen, which means you have to go and first create something, show some wins, and for you to show some wins, you have to have the data strategy aligned. So is it a Mm catch-22? Excellent
3: point, uh, Sanjay. And for one wonderful story, I I think we can all relate to that. Uh, So uh, just to extend that analogy, I think, um, data leaders and overall data analytics focus has evolved tremendously over the last decade and um, we were more on uh, and the reason being the business focus is now uh, uh, so much in discussion is because traditionally uh, both IT and uh, analytics data were all together considered as a uh, more of a service um, organization and focused on technology. So earlier in the days, we were called into the uh, business strategy meetings or uh, various uh, executive uh, sessions more as an expert, more as an advisor uh, than a driver or than an embedded part of the overall business group, business leadership. And I think the uh, institution of data organizations and institutionalizing the CDO role further is changing that and has changed that. And if you look at the data, I believe we still have ways to go. It's only about 35% of the uh, major enterprises who has established a CDO role. And uh, But we are focused on getting to 60%, I believe, in the next uh, four or five years, which is great and still it will continue to grow. And the reason is, Uh, I'd like to think that we are moving away from the tugboat or from the observer advisor role to becoming part of the engine and becoming integrated in business. That's why we are now uh, on the, uh, we have a seat on the table. And the best way to, I think, uh, become more business focused or Uh, integrate as with our roles um, uh, that are expected is to make sure that we constantly uh, align, understand, and drive business from where our organizational goals are. So top-down alignment is very critical, understanding uh, the industry, understanding the business itself, the business drivers. And as you mentioned, it's uh, constantly changing with the uh economic volatility at times or with the socio political uh changes uh and overall business environment changes just like a business uh leader we need to think act and be part of that uh change and making sure that we can uh drive the value uh that is uh, more aligned with the overall objective and the change that we are facing so to give you an example Uh, we all have been part of this journey for a while. And uh, when the economy is um, booming and when we have more um, opportunity to focus on innovation, I think uh, as a part of the business objective, we were focused on a lot more innovation towards uh, quality, towards um, high value in terms of new products and services. But as the economy changes, the focus, obviously, for everyone, including um, healthcare, care, has been to manage the costs better, to become more efficient and take advantage of the digital goodies that we have built with data and becoming more data driven. So now we are focusing on the bottom line. We are focusing on how our uh, data goodies and data innovations are still on the plate, but how they are more aligned with our uh, financial objectives or our cost uh, measures. So all in all, I think we need to um, make sure that our role, uh, again, I, I completely agree, it, just like any other C-suite uh, needs to be constantly part of the business as we are. And it's, it isn't a specialty, but because of our evolution from technical advisory role from a decades ago into more executive and business driving role, Uh, We need to also be cognizant of how we can constantly add value to the bottom line, make sure the overall goal and strategy is um, tickling down or integrated into our uh, data objectives or and it's visible and the incremental value is demonstrable and we can also learn fast and realign as needed. And the other part, I'll also share a little bit of story, is that generally... Uh, story and uh, strategy, how we are doing it. Generally, I think uh, based on the uh, methods that we uh, focus on as a data organization, focusing from data governance to technology to delivery to actual uh, adoption uh, across business lines, our focus uh, a lot of time is inside out, how we focus and make the best out of our data assets, our data culture and mindset. But I think outside in is where the handshake happens. So we need to make sure that we are always engaged with our business partners, internal and external. And we are always ready to change and reprioritize with them. So the model for delivery and the model for this alignment that uh, I have adopted and coming away from pure agile, is also uh, building and embedding business partnership in each and every service lines and each and every innovation and products um, that we focus on. That way, it is a business organization that has full understanding of the business objective, culture, and we get to handshake not on a you know monthly or quarterly basis, but on a daily basis. All these combined, I think, um, is critical, and that's how we are. Marching alone and becoming more running data as a business within business.
1: So Pavan, uh, thanks so much for response, Shado. Uh So Pavan, based on the fact that um, Shyado said that you know the CDO should be in the engine, and at the same time, like governance, data is supposed to be allowed to be independent. And if you get too entrenched into the business, then you also have a tendency to get influenced by the business, which could you know, create that tussle between your independence and them trying to sway them to have them do their thing because it suits them, but that's not in the best interest of the business. How have you, in your role, and how have you seen other successful CEOs in their role, maintain their independence while they are supposed to be very aware. And even if I go with the shadow's analogy of having them being the engine, but still be given
2: the independence and, and work independently. um, Sanjog, um So Shai, example about being part of the engine, right? I completely understand, but I, I get your point as that it needs to be an independent part. Right now, um, Thinking, think let's let's take a let's take a car right every single uh, part of a car has its own function right Tire does its job, carburetor does its job, steering wheel does its job and so forth right Being part of the system doesn't make that steering can do a tire's job. steering wheel steers the tires right to that point what we, what I have done in my past right? Regardless of what business we are in, banking being one of them, um, insurance can be another one, CPG is another one, right? We all are here to meet one goal that is for the business, right? So over over the last, I would say, couple of years now, I've been thinking about this one. I've I've boiled down to these four criteria at a macro level. Um, which any business would care about. And I will say the four things and I will say them in an order that makes sense for banking for other industry. The order may be different, but I have a feeling after various, various conversations with people, that everything that they can think of falls into one of these four categories. The first category that any business cares about is risk reduction. That risk, depending on the industry, could be different. So, for banking, I can think about credit credit risk, market risk, um, ESG is a new thing that's coming up, um, reputational risk, and so forth. The second thing business cares about is cost or operational effectiveness. Because, as they say, a dollar earned is much faster and easier than uh, a dollar saved, sorry, a dollar saved is much easier than a dollar earned. We talk about the optimization piece. The next one is a revenue generation, which is pretty stable, straightforward right How can we make more money That's what businesses are for and the last is the customer centricity. thinking from a bank point of view, when I go to my stakeholders um banking, if you know uh, they one of the most thing, important things they care about is, you know what, making money is very good. That's what we should do. But I do not want to get fined by um, FRB or OCC and so forth. Uh, I will not name a bank. Um, Wall Street, big bank, they got fined $400 million last year because they were not able to do one data management capability. Very big bank. Um, so now they are investing money into it. So now when I go to my stakeholders, having these kinds of examples helpful for me, and I say, what? I know you care for these four things. Right now, the topmost priority for our bank is risk reduction. We need to do, let's say, data quality or metadata or whatever. They do not care about those terms. What they care about is, what will you do in your data world that will help me reduce my regulatory risk or my reputational risk and so forth? That has been my strategy, um, and I have not seen any senior executives say that, you know what, oh, you need $100,000 to save me $5 million. No, I don't have the money for you. Or you need $2 million to make a, uh, a new program that will give $20 million. No, I don't have that $5 million. I think if as a CDO or any, any um, senior executive, if we are able to align our goals, projects, and everything to one of these four um, drivers, if you will. I think, um, I wouldn't say success is guaranteed, but at least people will listen to you because these are the four things that they care about.
1: Now, Shaitul, when we look at the KPIs or the benchmarks or the metrics that you create to run your shop, right, on, in terms of the data management, How have you fundamentally ensured that those those measures are essentially going to keep you very close to where the business wants to go? Because sometimes we can not exactly get isolated, but we might have a conflict. But if there is no alignment up front, then what you deliver invariably could have a deviation from what business wanted.
3: Excellent point, Shankjog. And that is actually where... I think the success of um, CDO uh, lies. You're spot on that. So I would frame the answer um, in three categories where we can uh, and monitor the success of data organization and our alignment and contribution or driving the business um, outcome. First, we want to understand, uh, you know, how we are doing time to time, right, as a data organization. So obviously, we'll have our own internal uh again going back to the engine analogy our own part of the engine how we are performing how our um, operations is running and that is a lot more for the data expert data jargon uh, will kick into those measurements from governance to architecture to your uh, performance your uh, data quality uh, your overall uh, operational efficiency as well as how you are meeting your goals and objectives for various delivery on projects and your product services measurement side. Those are regular KPIs that we would wanna focus on to understand our own performance. But the bigger performance and the bigger uh, uh, measurement is how we are uh, contributing to the bottom line and aligning with the business. And there, I also see it being two parts. One, where we are directly aligned with the business goals and KPIs and we need to measure accordingly, be it a qualitative objective or a direct financial outcome. And um, that is where I think most bang for the buck comes, uh, where most visibility, adoption and acceptance of the data business organization comes. And for example, in our hospital setting, this could mean when we are uh, becoming more data-driven to monitor our efficiency and cost for a particular business or a particular uh, patient and clinical outcome that is directly uh, measured as a business goal success or for a business goal success. So, for example, we have uh, various hospital stay um, length of stay prediction, which directly um, contributes to our cost measures and overall profitability or overall revenue. Uh, So when we have a data-driven application, data science-driven predictive model that can actually uh, lower or optimize the patient stay and reduce the uh, unnecessary or sometimes redundant uh, costs involved, that is a direct contribution to a bottom line. Even a small percentage uh, increment can make a big difference for a business uh, financial outcome. Or when we are looking at uh, the automated schedule, again, a data driven algorithm that can schedule, say, all the uh, x-rays and CD scanners or radiology appointments or doctors appointments. Not only it contributes to the uh, overall quality of our service for our patients, uh, so they don't have to wait longer or they don't have to um, uh, go too far for an appointment but also we can optimize our resource utilization, again, reduce the cost or optimize our revenue generation based on certain criteria. And these are direct data-driven applications that is garnering and ensuring a business outcome. So when we are showing those type of value and the KPI that we are measuring at business level is directly um, applicable, and also aligned to our data organization, KPIs and uh, contributions to business or success measures. Those are like really uh, great hits in terms of evangelizing our data value proposition across the organization and continuing on that. And again, it's a combo of all those. Then you have the indirect ones. Well, when you have certain data initiatives that uh, contributes to the patient overall quality outcome or overall organizational uh, various performance measures. Uh, but it's not quantitative enough to make sure that uh, the data organization's contribution is as visible. That can happen too. but even then, the alignment will ensure that, yes, the data organization is successful in delivering a certain capability that is actually making change or Improving the patient outcome or improving our organisational effectiveness. So, for example, when we do uh, billing um, and various types of um, complex, uh, you know, uh, service billing through our uh, payers to insurance companies and others, uh, when we have a data-driven insight or even matching algorithm developed or automation developed. Uh, it is not, it is a soft touch that may or may not be completely visible to the end outcome. That now we are more effective, more efficient in our billing, and hence uh, fraud or loss of revenue has gone down. But um, we know that when our initiatives are successful and when the overall billing organization is successful, that we as a business partner is a key driver for that and become successful. So I think these type of um, uh, measures and alignment certainly should be the key and on the uh, forefront. And as I was mentioning, directly aligned to business, indirectly uh, providing the driver for business, and then our overall organizational efficiency and effectiveness, those are the key areas I would uh, overall provide the measurements, KPIs, and success criteria as a data organization.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And Pawan, when we come back, let's talk about the challenges that a CDO and your team would face when you're trying to make all of this happen, whether from data strategy to building the benchmarks KPIs to getting the buy-in and or getting aligned with the business and even doing all the work that makes this data side of things hum and and support the business. So, some are obvious challenges, which of course that's why you get paid the million bucks to get them done. But what are those not so obvious challenges which people should be ready to encounter and be ready to address. Please stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sanjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. So, Pawan, when you are executing on the role you are working or trying to work Closely with the business to get that alignment, get your team working. What are on the ground in the trenches? Those nuanced challenges, which you know, make the job tougher, and sometimes it makes you hit a wall.
2: Sure, Sanjuk. Um, um, I, I will, I will use the the people, process, technology construct to answer this question. If that's okay with you, right? Let's start from the tech piece. Um, we know um, there are many, many tools out there in the market. Uh, if nothing works, it can be built in house. The challenge is always the integration, but if you have a good technology team that I don't see as a big impediment in whatever we need to do. Okay? The second I look at is process. Uh, process, um, as far as it's documented well, and it aligns with um, what Chadel was saying earlier, is aligned to your business outcomes, business KPIs, right? The process will work. My biggest challenge for the past five years or so being in this kind of role has been people. Um, good intention people, smart people. But um, the problem comes in various shapes and forms and come to people. Um, two aspects to it. One is outside the data or outside the CDO um, organization and then within. So let's talk about the outside. Um, two kind of challenges there. One is some people just do not care about data, right? They just don't have the time. They're very busy. Now, how do we get them aligned to our piece? That has been a challenging aspect and that's where the previous question that we talked about is the four business drivers, right? So I talked to them in their own words so they understand why they should have good data quality or why they should write metadata and so forth. Um, the other set of people is uh, is people who are eager but they just don't have the knowledge. I think that's an easier uh, cookie to bake because a um, lot of uh, data management trainings you can arrange, grab and go lunches you can do, and so forth. People who are eager and have the time, I think they are the easier ones. You can always train people to become data savvy. Um, I'm, I'm staying away from the word literacy for very obvious reasons. So uh, let's say with data savvy. Um, then there are other set of people um, who, um, how do I say this thing? They are well intentioned and they have the time to train, but it's just not their cup of tea, right? And I'm talking about not the leadership or mid-level management, I'm talking about the people who are at the ground, like data entry people, right? It's just that you have to have a different set of training to make them understand why when they enter um, a thousand, it should have three zeros and they should check because a uh, lot of implications happen if they were the four zeros, right? Um, but again, that is also manageable if the training program caters to various needs. Um, let's talk about within the uh, CDO organization itself. My biggest challenge has been twofold. One is to get the right talent and the second to actually keep them within the team. Um, with the last two years and COVID remote working and all this um, Uh, nuances that have been happening in the market, getting the right set of people has been challenging. Um, My strategy has been um, that initially I was looking for people who have data management experience. At some point I realized it's just not going to happen. There are no more data management people left. So I changed my strategy to have, you know what, give me a smart person who understands business. I can teach data to them because data is not a very, it's not a rocket science. If you have a smart person, they can learn how to do linear. they can know how to do, you know, think about data security and so forth. Um, retaining talent uh, has been a challenge. I'm um, just like for everyone else. Um, I've had, um, I remember back in February of 21, was it? Yes. And I had. Three resignation in a matter of half an hour. That was my worst day in my career. And it just happened. I'm talking to one person. Usually people won't say, hey, for one, can I have five minutes of your time?" I have a sense when they have when they text me something like this. I'm talking to one person and trying to say, "Hey, why are you leaving and you know what will it take for you to stay?" I get another message just like from one of my leads that, "Hey, do you have five minutes to chat with me?" And I knew what the conversation' gonna be. And then half an hour later, one more person. That was the worst day of my career. But the the idea being that people will leave because there are you know opportunities outside or whatever. I think what I try to do to make sure that people stay is give them two things. One is uh, opportunity to grow, as in you know, oh you may not like this area, but here's another piece of work we are doing which is much more advanced to uh, AI ML based modeling and all that stuff. Maybe you're interested in doing something like that. That is one thing. The second thing I try to do is have a very good team environment, uh, which is like everybody caring about each other at a personal level. You know, everybody cares about work, but you know, celebrating birthdays, celebrating small wins, and things like that. So having that family feeling or you know the camaraderie within the team. Uh, but all in all, challenge um, people, and I kind of try to tell you what I'm doing to um, make it. Uh, make it go away or just live by it. So,
1: Shaitul, based on the challenges um, Pavan mentioned, would you say most of these challenges are solvable or are they leave-it-to-God problems?
3: (laughs) Well said. No, I I think I definitely uh, see that these are solvable uh, problems and challenges and that's how uh, you know, we grow overall in our uh, CD organization, right? And today the challenge is mainly focused on talent. I couldn't agree more with Pavon. and we have our, our stories with uh, you know retention uh, challenges, finding the right people challenges. Um, so obviously those are uh, gonna continue uh, until we uh, solve the overall industry talent challenges. Uh, But just to step back a little bit, I think the challenges, uh, and Pawan touched on it really well on uh, some of those, are the usual uh, that you'd see in any business, right? It's people, process, and for us, technology is a big focus, and now for larger business as well. And I would also take it one level up that it's also how we combine all of these and really show our demonstratable value together. So another challenge I I think connecting all these, uh, I see is how we establish the value proposition and how we connect all of these to actually show that as a business leader and as a data organization, we are actually showing really good um, business value and that's adding to the bottom line. So finding high value use cases, how can we quickly identify and then quickly turn them around to actually show a value. That's where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, our overall success lies. So all these variables underneath um, kind of plays into it. And how we solve about it is going, you know, again, uh, focusing on priority wise one after another, of course, but uh, connecting them all is, is the key. So for Example, the talent, we, we have that uh, Pavan mentioned, looking for the smart people. I also do the similar. I look for two major criteria. at the end of the day. If I find you know the unicorn that has all uh, uh, technology and uh, business and soft skills, everything combined, that's great. But in this market, my ultimate goal is, uh, do I have someone who's smart? And do I have someone who has the right attitude? to be part of a team and contribute and learn and grow with the team. I think that goes a long way. And another approach I try is kind of mixing and blending. Some of the um, people who need upskilling, who has been with the organization, has institutional knowledge, uh, but doesn't have the newer, shinier technology knowledge. Some who has uh, the new, shiny technology knowledge, mostly you have to hire them probably or uh, find them through consulting efforts, and then some who has the variety of industry knowledge, but not particularly this institutional knowledge. So kind of blending them together so they can learn with each other and building that uh, learning and learning and, and collaborating environment is a key on those. And similarly, on the value proposition side, I think a big part of it is also adoption, that how... Uh, We from the data organization, of course, partnering and understanding and aligning with business, come up with a use case, and then we implement it. But how do we make sure that implementation is actually um, adopted by business, adopted by end users, or the process that we try to improve? Because you only see the value when rubber meets the road. And in, in the earlier days, or even now, once in a while, it does happen. If we're not careful enough, you see that you have built the best you know, technology solution, or you build the best uh, innovative idea that uh, uh, everyone was wowed with, but because it wasn't adopted, you don't see the business outcome. You don't see that uh, you know dollar or bottom line results. And soon enough, the uh, C suite is not sure if the funding was the right decision. So I'll give you one example, um, if I may, how all these kind of combines together. So we built a tremendously uh, valuable alert system driven by data and predictive analytics about patient's care path. So when the patient goes to the ED, we based on the demographic and the various encounters and history and other uh, data points, determine what are the next best action for the patient's care uh, once he or she comes out of the, maybe in this case, a surgery or OT. And once they come out without losing the time and having the administrative burden, how can we best route him or her if it's a neurological uh, department that needs the post care, if it's a orthopedic department, or if it's uh, even in some sad cases, a hospice, that not only ensures the right outcome and high quality service for the patient, but also adds to the dollar cost without delaying the patient waiting in the post-op or in a hospital bed for days while everyone else evaluates and decides. So we have this tremendously data-driven, tremendously valuable data-driven application that actually touches patients' lives and our uh, bottom line. Uh, So we were very excited. We did a prototype and it was great results. And the hospital we did it with was very happy. And then we implemented it. But when we implemented it, we realized, and the hospitals, some of the hospitals came back and said, hey, we don't have the staffing or the you know, operational readiness to actually act on it. You send me a, an alert that I have to send this patient or do these actions for the patient on this. And it's four o'clock in the morning, my staff is half. So I really don't Uh, or I'm not able to act on it until probably 10 o'clock in the morning or even noon or midday. So that loses the value proposition. And so we got the pushback that, hey, let's first organize the staffing to use this awesome tool and build a real-time action plan around it. So we had to work with the hospital administration for um, changing the process, for changing their org model or staffing model and then implement it along with that growth or that change across their overall framework uh, of care. So those type of, and then we learned and it became really successful and adoption was high. But as you heard this story, there was a stop and go moment uh, where everyone said, okay, is this really as good as we thought it is? Uh, So those are the, you know, challenges that we face as a business leader, as a CDO, that uh, how we can, even after best alignment, extract the best delivery, extract the value and make sure rubber meets the road. Uh, But I know uh, we we went around um, quite a bit on the challenges and how we are solving it. My overall optimism is all of these are uh, solvable. Sometimes time is in essence, Uh, And sometimes uh, it may appear to be uh, boiling the ocean when it touches, especially uh, an organizational paradigm shift or a culture change. But um, the leadership focus is not only three months or six months. Uh, As leaders, our focus is, you know, years and sometimes um, longer when it comes to uh, overall paradigm shift that digital transformation often entails. So I'm very optimistic that, you know, these are solvable problems, but hey, we'll get new problems too. That's why we, uh, we have a job, right? <laughs>
1: so, Pavan, when you look at what Shaidul mentioned just now, you know, the kind of problems and, and the solutions that he came up with, all of that is good, but your line of business partners usually are the ones, they're a bigger beast to tame, if you will. Because everybody likes to own their data, they want to hold that data, but then they don't want to be stewards of that data. And without that, the data leaders almost always have this issue that I want to help you, help me help you, but there is no or very less camaraderie. And I don't want to paint as a general picture, but that's one of the challenges people say. So have you pulled some magic in that regard?
2: Um, I, I wouldn't say magic, but yes, uh, there are things that I have done which have worked and obviously have uh, some failure stories also. I'm happy to share that too. Um, I think uh, there are two types of people um, um, or two types of organizations. So one is, uh, I would say the support organizations, right? The IT is one of them. Many cases, um, IT can be rolled under the CDO or they are parallel organization. In my case, it's a parallel organization. How do I deal with them? I I focus on one keyword called partnership, right? Uh, Because IT and data needs to go side by side. You can have a system without data, it's no use. You cannot have data exist without a system, right? So it's a partnership. Uh, my statement from the beginning of my career in, in the bank um, has been that um, I don't think either of us, either IT or data or CDO office, will either fail or succeed or fail independently. Either we fail together or we succeed together. Now, I think the only way I can think of if we succeed is we work together. And the moment when I start speaking like this, people realize that, you know what, I'm here, I'm here, I mean business, and failure is not an option. So that they kind of get rallied along with the strategy, the planning and everything. We work together as uh, two wheels, so to say. The other set of people are the business people. Um, I have been lucky, and not that it works for any other organization, um, depending on the size and complexity. Um, when I started my job, there was not a data program in this organization. So we built everything from scratch, um, be it data lake, warehouse, and data management capability, and so forth. Uh, with our external business partners, I took a, what what they call is. Um, a stick and a carrot approach. I used a carrot wherever that worked, which means, hey, data management is important. You may get, um, it is important for your business. This is what you get out, it. blah, 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 right? So that's a carrot part of it. If the carrot did not work, unfortunately, um, I had to use the stick, which is, you know, if you do not do this, you're going to have problem with internal audit or you're going to have problem with FRB. Do not come to me crying about data then because I will not help you then. Simple as that. Um, So that's a soft control when I'm talking. Then the way hard control we have done is, as you know, right, people have this, I don't know why, they want to hold their own data. Maybe it gives them power or whatever it is. And my strategy has been, thou shall move your data to the centralized platform, but it's your choice. I'm offering you a service. If you don't take it, it's fine. But let me tell you what you won't get if you don't do it. And I list them all the things because the infrastructure I have built, it's all integrated. So if you do not move or have the data in the lake, you will not have any data management capability. And along comes the stick with it, that if you don't have data quality, you are answerable to regulators. Because I will tell the regulators that, hey, I offered them, they said no. So that's the strategy I have used. Um, and it's kind of working. Some people... Like what I do, some people hate me, but they still do it in the end. My job gets done, and I'm happy about it
1: so Shaido, <laughs> no no, no so so absolutely so so Shaido, when you are looking at and I'd like to ask one of the final questions here is a lot of people are talking about handling data, and that's, of course the job that you've taken but Doing it at scale is becoming an issue because if you handle it well, then your downstream analytics can produce uh, good insights and perhaps help with the growth. But almost everyone who we are talking to, they say, yes, I can take an isolated area and I can work on it, I can fix it. But then the volume and the variety of data that's coming and the sources from where it's coming, it's becoming mind boggling now. And it's becoming literally unmanageable because that keeps shifting. So, if data had to deliver value and the value is being seen by the business as you show me the insights, which allows me better decision making, better predicting what could happen and reduce my expenses, but the source of data is the problem, what is it, Shaido? you guys have done in your organization, and what do you think could be done by others to handle the scaling issue? Because it looks like, you know, as if people are not in control, and that's not a very good feeling.
3: Excellent point, Sanjay. Yeah, I think in large organizations, especially when we are, um, as a data leader, focused on building um, Nirvana centralized data system, data ecosystem, where we can get all the or source all the data, manage it, govern it, ensure the quality, ensure an operational efficient process. How do we then scale it for all the uh, constituencies in my view, or, or all our business partners? So they adopt it, not only in contributing the data, but also consuming the data and start kind of breaking down these silos with data assets or various data activities and whatnot. Now, looking at that challenge, obviously the focus on the central and focus on uh, the efficient, you know, high quality uh, Nirvana data asset uh, is our aspiration and our core strategy. And Pawan touched on it too. And then we look at adoption uh, across the board with you know uh, uh, stick and carrot method. <laughs> I think in many ways. But what I find, um, uh, in, and I have kind of tuned that strategy towards it, uh, that is becoming most effective in eliminating this tension at times is democratizing the data. And if you think about it, as much as we love our data organization and you know, put out the aspirations to uh, be all... Um, encompassing data provider and analytics solution provider or service and innovation provider for the enterprise, uh, we will hit our limits, be it for our organizational size or our funding or our talent shortage and whatnot, or the variability of the services across the board. So democratizing is the answer in my view for really scaling up well, fast and in a flexible manner. So let me pause on that concept um, and noodle a little bit more. By democratizing what I have done and um, have seen success, and still it's a journey we're learning across the board, is have that centralized system, but then have that collaborative model with various partners, depending on, you know, sometimes the partners are not always willing to come to the central for everything. Maybe they have a good reason. Maybe it's because you know our organization uh, builds a queue which uh, can become time sensitive issue for that particular organization. So when we uh, so instead, if I can make it more of a self-service environment in many cases and provide them uh, that data access democratize that capability to go, Um, You know, fail fast, innovate, and go to production quickly, almost on their own with our support, supervision, or our uh, help from the centralized systems. That, in my view, is ideal to speed up uh, uh, scaling and a a scalable, you know, data culture and data capability across, and also to build a more collaborative uh, partnership across the enterprise. So in this case, I've built models where we have the centralized data lake and our ecosystem, and then for the more matured ones who has their own team almost, uh, and in time, in some cases, it may be perceived as shadow teams, we provide them also a sandbox type of environment where they can quickly bring in their own data, quickly innovate, and quickly understand and agree on a solution within our framework, within our guiding principles, and sometimes our embedded you know, architects or people in there. And once they are at a point where they say, hey, I quickly innovated something in three months. Now I want to put it into production. Then we do a larger handshake and pull it into our centralized system and provide all our centralized, you know, more robust uh, technology people and process support. And that is a win-win in so many ways because, um, you know, there is, this trust now we have supported by the technology and architecture and the process and where the particular business group who has that maturity of innovating themselves doesn't feel left out or doesn't feel roadblocked by a central organization. They actually can work on their new idea quickly. But at the same time, we don't diminish the value of the centralization because we are providing that service. And eventually we are making sure that rubber hits the road in a robust, uh, high-quality environment with the right SLA and the right support. So it's a win-win for many. And the other angle I want to also bring up is if you think about it, all, especially in large organizations, when you have you know, 15, 20, 30 business units, it's practically not possible that my central organization will have all the business understanding, all the key expertise that we need to actually innovate fast and provide the right solution in a timely manner. Yes, we will with our uh, agile framework, with our business embedded uh, collaboration, all those will um, build that uh, understanding and a lot of innovation, but not quick enough. And there will always be some business who are faster and who has the higher priority in many ways, and that can become a challenge. So this brings that solution uh, to a really realistic level where you know the people who are close to the business, actual operational level and knows it from data to actual implementation close to heart, can actually build an idea that may take time to evolve in a central uh, form. And once they bake that idea, validate that idea, then we from a central organization can take it over partnering with them and putting it um, or going to the finish line, uh, taking that uh, or going that last mile uh, challenge. That is a win-win, high value and more efficient. So that's how I think uh, this scalability challenge needs to be tackled, especially in a big data environment and especially when we are the proponent of the culture that, hey, We all, as an organization, need to adopt data and become data-driven. And that means, you know, from analyst to CEO, everyone needs to have that data mindset, be able to contribute with the idea, and actually act on it if, you know, uh, they feel that compelling drive to innovate. And we are there to do it, to partner it, to take it to the finish line. That's how I think... Uh, we will grow and become more successful.
1: One last question for you, Pavan. Would you have something that you would uh, suggest to the current CDOs and the upcoming candidates so that with the environment that we are getting into or, or we are already in that hazy, volatile uh, you know, times that we are living in, what would it take for them to become the true business first
2: CDO? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, um, I will say two things. Uh, the first one, which uh, I sometimes get eyebrows when I say that, is do not be a data person. Right? Um, the, we as data people, we become very, uh, I would say, touchy and feely about our capabilities our tooling and all that stuff that we forget the business right so don't be a data person be a business person you having a seat on the table are here to do what your organization is here to do right that's the first thing the second thing i would say um, i think we talked about people part right A focus on people i think uh, many of CDOs, um, I just happen to be lucky that I did not come from a tech organization in the past, but many of my colleagues, they were CTOs in the past or they grew up in a technology organization and then they became CDO. Um, and I, when I talk to them, I get that sense that they still think like a tech person. For them, the next shiny tool on the market is what will solve all data problems. But that is not the case. I think it's the people who are the most important thing. Any technology um, can do, like within limits, obviously. Um, um, uh, when I started my data management journey, we used to execute data quality rules on a spreadsheet. Can it be still done? Yes, maybe not at scale, but it can be done. So my other advice would be focus on the people, both outside and within your organization, um, and not on the tech part of it. Tech will come along. Once you have the people right and the money, tech will come. So those two things I would say that that um, I keep in forefront whenever I think that how can I make my job uh, more um, beneficial for the organization?
1: chadal any additional advice on the subject about them becoming business for CD? what's unique muscle they should build?
3: Sure I think one uh, I, I think most of it has been covered. One thing is I would add is um as a data leader and business leader, of course, uh, rightly said, we need to be a business person, think like a business leader, and be part of the business decision That's our role is. Another thing I, I have seen, and I would also caution, is uh, don't think from data technology or even business side uh, about boiling the ocean. Obviously, as leaders, we have our aspiration, we have our vision, and we want to evangelize and lay it out and make sure you know we rally the right people and the executives align to that vision. So think big. That's always what we want to do as an executive leader. But don't hesitate to start small. Show the value. Show the incremental value. Do something that's manageable, that can have easy adoption, that can be easily communicated, and everyone can rally around even though it may sound you know small today, but it is a entry point in many ways, and it is a validation of your big vision in many ways. And then once you have that validation and the collaboration and the buy-in, it starts to flare up. I've seen it so many times, so many organizations have started from the scratch. And I started in many ways in the earlier ones uh, with with big vision, I tried to go big. Uh, and in some cases, it was, um, even though it eventually done, but a lot more pain points, than think big, you know, show the business strategy, but then start small where you can actually establish and get the footing with the right value validation. That would be my suggestion that uh, always, you know, cross check and value is what drives business. Value is what will drive the data culture and our success as a CDO.
2: Um, what? Sh- 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 sorry, uh, Senjo, can I just take uh, another 30 seconds? Sure thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, sh- well said. Um, and I think that that was uh, one of the things uh, that always on top of mind I just I want to think, uh, take your perspective on one addition to what you just said. Think big, start small, but accelerate fast. Because I have seen in my previous life is that. The first two steps we did, we have a very good use case, but to scale it up to a larger thing, we just move too slow. And by the time uh, things have changed, what what do you think about the accelerate fast piece of it?
3: I love it. Ex- exactly. That's how we want to do it. You're right. I mean, okay. Okay. you think big, you lay out the roadmap and then you start one and you validate. But at the same time, you start baking the others and move fast. That's rightly put. Thank you for adding that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to hear your opinion on this one, but
3: thank you. No, for sure.
1: Once again, thanks so much, both of you, Pavan and Shaidul, for sharing your insights. And these tips, I'm sure, will be helping quite a few data leaders to become that business-first CDO. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sanjay. You've been an excellent host. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Sanjay. Wonderful session. Thank you, Pavan. Bye.
1: And uh, listeners, please connect with us on social media. Subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless.